Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production, Smoking Gun is flying, here comes Smoking Gun, I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! Fresh off the heels of the 2015 The Molson page. We're back live in the studio. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, what a fun time that was had at Western Fair Raceway in London. It was a great time by all. And uh, thanks to Greg Blanchard and Shannon Sugar Doyle and all those guys for letting us come out and cover the event. Absolutely. I got to tell you, after that weekend, I was just spent. I was completely spent because we had Friday Molson. We had the big races here at Harris Philly on Sunday, and then we had the race on Memorial Day Monday. So Tuesday came around. I was just nowhere to be found. I was in bed all day. I was completely spent. But, li- li- listen, the, after the fiasco I had driving home uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, and listen, I'll never, I'll, I'll never, I'll, I won't mention the hotel by name. Nope. But I'll never stay nope. at Motel Eight ever again. Motel Motel 8, I'll never stay there again. But let let me tell you, we we drove straight through from Western Fair to Ohio. And uh, you know what? It was was a lot of fun. And, you know, Mike, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to get back there. Uh, The City of London races were exciting. The Molson piece itself was very exciting. And uh, talking with all those guys, they do a fantastic job of promoting the sport up there. And uh, they do a great job. It was a lot of fun, no question about it, and I can tell by the crowd reaction. Obviously, one of the special moments is when Foiled Again was parading in front of the fans. Even when Foiled Again was just warming up in front of the fans, that was certainly a big occasion. But, you know, they make so much out of the Molson pace, and that is just great. You know, they make it a a big deal there, and that's the way harness racing should be. And uh, what a great performance, Mike, by a bit of a legend uh, for trainer Pete Tritton and driver uh, Jordan Stratton. As a matter of fact, they went on Sunday to win the Ben Stafford here with Mossdale Connor. So Pete Tritton is having a lot of success with horses coming from overseas. And, uh, hey, congratulations to Pete and Jordan. I mean, just great guys, both very good friends of the program, and certainly hats off to them. Well, Mike, we've got a very busy show today, and, and we were kind of promoing a mystery guest today. As a matter of fact, we've got two firsts. We have a mystery guest, which we're going to unveil in just a second. There's not going to be much of a mystery much longer. And for the first time on this program, Mike, we have a state steward. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Pennsylvania State Steward Don Harmon yesterday about some of the intricacies of being a judge. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot to it, Mike, and there's a lot of things that go on in the judge's booth that I don't think people realize. So hopefully after the interview today, I think a lot of people will have a better understanding of what the judges kind of do to officiate a race, Mike. But our mystery guest, well, do you, do you want to say our mystery guest? Because it's only going to be two more minutes, so why, why keep him in suspense any longer? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mark McDonald was going to come on. Is going to come on the program. He drove Sunfire Blue Chip in the Molson Pace, and for another year, it has eluded him. Uh, we we talked a little bit about this before the Molson Pace, and I talked with Greg Blanchard a little bit. This race is kind of set up, uh, Mike, like the Daytona 500 for Mark. Yeah, it certainly has. And, uh, Mark's going to be driving. He's actually he's got one in today at Harris, Philadelphia. As we have three divisions of Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. We'll talk a little bit about that later and with Mark. And plus, Mark will have, of course, the drive in the Battle of Lake Erie. You've got a big Saturday coming up, and we'll talk about that as well with the great track announcer at Northfield Park, Ayers Ratliff. You had a chance and to uh, sit down and talk with him. Plus, Mike, it's our final Pompano Park segment of the year and we've been doing this with gay pruitt now good grief for what last five or six months or so it is uh turned into one of our most popular segments uh, of the radio show and uh this uh, this is going to be it until next year anyway so uh we'll have a chance to sit down and talk with gay pruitt one final time for a while mike but what a fun segment that's been it's been a lot of fun and uh it's sad we're sad to see it go and uh listen we're gonna bring, hopefully bring it back next year we're gonna work with gabe and those guys at pompano again and, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun kind of listening to see what's been going on. We've gotten some great uh, action, great news from down there uh, with yep. their high five mandatory payouts and things of that sort. So we're uh, we're very thankful. We're also going to have Darren Gagne on the show. And, Mike, this, uh, this kind of picks up right where Gabe leaves off. Uh, this is another fun segment we do. But Darren and those guys uh, – Send us a uh, send us a little thing from uh, what they had happened the week before, and it's a uh, it's really cool because Darren gets an interview just about every week. Yeah, Darren does a great job there. He talks about what's uh, going on at Running Aces and kind of previews the next week. And by the way, for those of you that haven't had a chance to hear Darren call a race, Darren is just a heck of a race caller. I was listening to him at Running Aces a couple of days ago, and uh, I'll tell you what, Darren has just uh, become an unbelievable race caller, if you ask me. So check out Running Aces. We'll hear from Darren a little bit later on. Mark McDonald's going to lead things off. He's in the on-deck circle, plus the top ten, Mike. We got to actually vote in the top 10, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, what else? Wiggle it, jiggle it, not racing uh, in the Ben Franklin, Mike. Kind of interesting there, huh? Yeah, we had some breaking news come out per DRF harness yesterday. Wiggle it, jiggle it, suffering for some, excuse me, with some back issues. And uh, it's unfortunate for the uh, horse of the year from 2015. But you know what? Uh, those guys seem to uh, seem to know what they're doing. They're trying to do what's right for the horse, and uh, he'll be back uh, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can get Montreal or George on the uh, show within the next couple of weeks. When we come back, it's Mark McDonald on this very special edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million 
and our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Start the summer right this Saturday at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as they host the Jersey Fest Food Truck Mashup 2017. Vote for the best food trucks from Jersey and Philly. Some are ranked top 10 in the USA. You can purchase your tickets online for $35 and for $45 at the door. You'll have access to drink specials, $5 food truck mashup cash to use at the food truck, $2 betting voucher, and enjoy a spot in the outdoor lounge. For more information, visit PlayMetalLand.com. Two million dollars in purses. One unforgettable night. It's Sunstake Saturday at the Downs at the Weekend Sun Pocono on Saturday, July 1st. The best of the best make their way to Northeast Pennsylvania for this prestigious night of racing with the Earl Beale Jr. Memorial Trot, the James Lynch Philly Pace, the Max Ent Memorial Pace, and the Ben Franklin Free for All Pace. Post time is 6.30 p.m. Fans can enter now for a chance to meet Wiggle and Jigglin and his connections on Eliminations Night, June 24th. Email your entry and why you want this experience to MeetWidgey at MoheganSunPocono.com. That's MeetWidgey at MoheganSunPocono.com by June 14th. Sun Steak Saturday, July 1st at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Don't miss it. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, we're going to be joined by Mark McDonald here in just a little bit. But, Mike, we uh, we got sort of an honor uh, last week. Uh, we found out that we were going to be two of the 32 voters in the top 10 poll for the United States Trotting Association, the Hamiltonian Breeders' Crown Poll. Yeah, very interesting stuff, Mike, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of thought gets put into it because, you know, these horses, a lot of them, uh, obviously, depending on if they're paces or trotters, but they face each other and they beat each other throughout the course of the season, and uh, down by the seaside was able to get the, the number one vote. The horse I voted, Lady Shadow, was a number two, so a great, great deal uh, for uh, a great accomplishment for a mayor. Late, a bit of a legend is three. Crazy Wild was four. Somewhere in LA, five. Mossdale O'Connor was six, by the way, Mike, and I was panicking on the way here because I'm like, <laughs> I don't see him. I don't see him. Well, he's sitting there right there at number six. For some reason, I missed him. I don't know. He actually got one per- first place vote. Then Resolve, Keystone Velocity, Ariana G, Fear the Dragon, who's in action today here at Harris Philly. We'll go through that a little bit later on, but first, uh, it's time to bring a special guest in on the program. He is uh, one of the better drivers, certainly in the sport of harness racing, Mark McDonald. Mark, how are you, my friend? I'm very good. How are you doing? Now, listen, before we get into this interview, I've got something that I want you to hear. 
and I've got something that I want you to respond to uh, by a good friend. Uh, it's certainly somebody that you know, a good friend of the show, a good friend of the program, Anthony McDonald. Okay, well, uh, let me let me let me let me set let me set the uh, let me set the stage. We were live at Western Fair, broadcasting the Molson Pace. Okay, and uh, Anthony yeah. McDonald. Being a good friend of the show, I, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. well, well, let's without with 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 without further ado, Mike, why don't you roll the video tape or the uh, audio tape? One final question for you before we let you go: Who do you like in the Molson Pace tonight? Well, listen, I'd love to see Mark win it. I mean, uh, he's getting old and his hair is gray as shit. And he looks terrible, but I'd love to. Yeah, that's nice. So you so you want to respond? You want to respond to Amac before we get this thing started? <laughs> Yeah, first, he's my older brother. I'd like to point that out. Uh, old man Winter there. He's been dyeing his uh, hair for uh, uh, 15 years, I think, now. So I know he might look uh, jet black when you see him, but uh, that's not the case. He's actually, if you locked him in a closet for a couple of days, he'd come out and you wouldn't even recognize him. But that's fine. Uh, I do have a few grays on the side, but not much, you know. Hey, uh, turned, uh, well, I'm just 29, I think, so, you know. There you go. I knew you were younger than me, Mark. <laughs> you see? I, I knew you were you were right there around my age. But uh, let, listen, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Saturday night at Northfield Park. You're down to drive a bunch of horses, but one horse that uh, I really, really, really like, and the only thing that thinks right now is post number eight is Sunfire Blue Chip. Uh, yeah. Sunfire Blue Chip, yeah. I loved in the uh, in the Molson Pace, and he really came on uh, strong to finish third, only missing two and a half lengths. Uh, give us your take on Sunfire Blue Chip. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, yeah, got to remember he's very lightly raced too. I mean, uh, he was almost a month between starts going into London, and you know, I, Jimmy Jimmy obviously does a really good job in keeping them uh, tight, but he's he's by design lightly raced them to, to point them towards these races. And, and, uh, so, you know, he, he raced really good. It's the Western fair stuff, six, seven hole, you know, anytime he was, he was a couple more steps. I think he would have been second at Western fair. Very tough when the horse to beat draws the rail there, you know, uh, he, he controlled the race, a bit of a legend, the whole, the whole mile. And, uh, we, we just really did all we could to get what we could, but, uh, Fortunately, he threw back again at Northfield, so he's gonna he's got his work cut out for him again from out there. But uh, he's he's really sharp right now. I mean, he won uh, Levy night uh, in in fifty one. The track was was a little off, and uh, uh, he's he's been like super sharp. So uh, he raced really good. I didn't drive him at Pocono. I was at the Meadowlands when he raced up in Pocono in their fifty thousand dollar invite. He just you know he got a tough trip. He he left twenty five and then got backed up a little bit and kind of got blind switched and had to, I mean, he was just beat a neck and 50 flat across the passing lane. He, so, I mean, every, every one of his starts has made a really good account of himself. So unfortunately he's got the eight hole, but uh, he's, he's got great gate speed and, and he can race from behind too. So he, he can do it both ways. So we'll just play it by ear. You know, Western Fairmark, obviously they start subbing across with the eight horse being a trailer. And then, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, and obviously that was a big, big time speed favoring track on, on Molson Pace night. I mean, pretty much all night you had to be close to the front end or it was going to be very, very yeah. tough to get anything accomplished. And a bit of a legend was kind of Johnny on the spot in those regards. But now you go to Northfield yeah. Park. Mark, can you tell us the difference? And I know they're both half mile tracks, but can you tell us the difference between driving to a place like Western Fair and then driving to a track like Northfield that's obviously got a lot more bank to it? 
Oh, huge difference, you know. Uh, 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 Western Fair is just it's it's they, they do a great job there. The surface is nice, but it's really tight. You know, the turns are tight there. Uh, 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 obviously, the bank isn't isn't there, and and uh, I just you know you can make a, a lot more speed at uh, Northfield Park, obviously, than than you can at, at Western Fair. And I think and I think horses go a lot farther on the outside at, at trace at, at tracks when the turns are banked like that, you know, if you, if you get in a spot where you can be first up or, or have to make a move on the outside, you can, you can keep your horse alive and keep him going where, where that Western fair, like I think you saw like clear vision when he went three wide at Western fair, moving down the back stretch. Uh, he, he didn't clear before that turn and got hung up three wide. And that's just, that's the death sentence at Western fair. You just, you just can't make up any ground. You get stuck out there three wide in a turn and you're done. Whereas at Northfield, you know, you can you can make some make some speed and keep your horse alive and maybe, you know, maybe maybe make a move with like like that. But uh, you're not going to do that at Western Fair. Now, Mark, let's talk a little bit maybe about a game plan for Saturday night. Obviously, uh, you, you you almost never want to come up with like a full fledged game plan that you're going to stick to because anything can happen. No. You know, Night Pro can make a break exactly. on the inside, or you know, anything can happen. But is there anything, anything. specific that you have to do with Sunfire Blue Chip uh, to get him into the pace, or is he just that versatile that he can kind of race from anywhere? Well, obviously, any time in those races. I mean, you, you gotta. I think you just gotta. You just got to put your nose on the gate and let them pace out of there and just take a look left and see what's going on. I mean, from the outside, that's all I can really do. And maybe, like you say, if a, if a situation opens up and I, I'm in the right position, uh, you know, with an, with an aggressive mindset and, and uh, something like that happens where a horse makes a break or something, you know, they're going enough where it looks like I might be able to drop in a spot, which was the case at Western Fair. You know, I, I did the same thing there. I just, I, I mean... I, could have got parked very easily leaving out of the six hole with a trailer and uh, blasted out. And as it, as it turns out, the three hole opened right up and we fell right in maybe behind, oh, behind the horses over first and second. So it worked out great. But th- that said, that can go the other way too. <laughs> you can lose on out of there and nothing can happen, but he's definitely going to, you know, we're definitely going to have his nose on the gate and take a, take a, a hard look at the first turn and see what's going on. And uh, hopefully we get lucky, but you never know. Visiting with driver Mark McDonald. Mark, before we let you go, I'm sitting high atop uh, on the sixth floor here at Harris, Philadelphia, looking down on the, the Delaware River and the uh, sun shining, and you've got a drive here today, and uh, the Pennsylvania Sagas yeah. takes a horse by the name of Bloodline, who uh, is one, uh, his last start, won his last start pretty uh, well at Pocono, 150-3, and three, but obviously uh, yeah. a little bit of an unfortunate draw, perhaps, is the big elephant in the room is Huntsville. What are your thoughts on uh, Bloodline here today? Uh, he's a good horse. He's a he's a super horse. I mean, uh, I think he's as good as anything. Uh, he drew, he drew in his first start in with Huntsville. Uh, with the first PA sire leg was at the Meadows. Just a horrible day, pouring rain. Uh, and 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 you know Huntsville and and some of them other horses had two qualifiers as Bloodline only had one. So we, we just gave him a good start and we raced him from off the pace and he he just missed second that day. He charged home and. His next start, he drew the outside at Pocono, and and we, we raced him a little bit, and, and he he did what I thought he would do. I mean, when he qualified, he was fantastic. He felt like he could have come 25 seconds, but if I had to move the plugs on him, he was really good. So I'm really high on that horse. Uh, obviously, Huntsville is it's always a always the horse to beat. Really, him and uh, uh, you know, like down by the seaside or Fear the Dragon, like, look like the, in that division they're the best. So we're probably in with the best or one of the best, but. 
you know, it, those are the type of horses he's going to have to race and beat all year. So, I, you know, he, he's probably going to need a trip or whatever to beat him. But if he gets the proper trip, he's he's so fast. It wouldn't surprise me he could come off cover and, and pace by anybody. All right. Well, Mark, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck today and best of luck on Saturday. And, and best of luck at Yonkers uh, uh, since making the move from Canada. How's that uh, been going over there? Yeah, it's been really good. You know, I, I like I like racing at Yonkers. Uh, obviously, the purse money is fantastic. You, you know, and a lot of a lot of the good horses race there now because of the purse money there. It is so good. So uh, it's a, it's a it's a great driving colony. Good bunch of guys to work with every night. Bunch of professionals, and uh, I, I do. I really like I, I like racing there. It's 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 a it's different. It's, it's a, you know, I was, I was used to racing on the bigger tracks up in Canada. And now this is a, a half mile track every night, but it's a different half mile track. It's long straightaways and uh but it'll be interesting that when we go back you know they're changing the wire so uh they're they're putting the new finish line in where it's so it'll be a, i think that'll change the way we race that track a little bit because uh you know you're going to have a, a probably an extra 100 feet before the first turn and the stretch will be obviously an extra 100 feet shorter so the as as maybe b- before we close there the speed maybe wasn't so good at, at west at uh london or sorry at uh at yonkers and uh, I think I think it might turn into more of a speed track with that new wire in. So it'll be interesting to see when we open back up. All right. Well, Mark, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck to you in the days ahead, my friend. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Mark McDonald. And, uh, yeah, he knew. I think he knew what was coming, Mike, when you were – when you were going to play that clip there with AMAC, and, uh, you know, I mean, good grief, they're brothers. They know each other quite well, so they know each other's moves. But that was funny. As a matter of fact, out of a year and a half of doing that show, Mike, that might have been the first time that uh, we should have had the, the, the beeper, you know, the old buzzer, the sensor, uh, the censorship noise. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It was a it was a shock to me. But uh, listen, I didn't realize Mark Mack was a uh, Mark Mack was younger than Anthony McDonald. Sitting next to him, you wouldn't be able to tell. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll have to get them. Oh, good grief! We'll have to get them guys together, yeah. and then we'll have to get them maybe on the different sides, uh, maybe a little bit of a debate. But you know, we didn't get the call from the FCC, so that's good news. We did the FCC didn't call us and uh, threaten to take us off the air or anything. Wait, wait a minute! You didn't get the phone call. Oh, you got the phone. Call? Yeah, I got the phone call. I got the fine sitting over here. No, there you go. That can come out of your robust checkbook, my friend, let me tell you. When we come back, uh, let's see. We've got Ars Ratliff on deck. Uh, He's going to talk a little bit about the Battle of Blank Erie. Plus, we've got the big interview with Pennsylvania State Steward Don Harmon. Darren Gagne and the Running Aces segment is coming up, as well as Gabe Pruitt. We've got a lot left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. 
New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Back here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by the track announcer at Northfield Park, Ayers Ratliff. Ayers, we're going to talk a little bit about the Battle of Lake Erie, which is set up to be a pretty uh, competitive race. You know, this is the first year since I've been doing the battle that there's not a real highlighted horse. There's just a really good group of solid pacers that is... um, it looks to be a handicapper's delight here because there's several of them that have a legitimate chance to win. Now, a couple of horses that I've seen uh, recently uh, were Sunfire Blue Chip and Night Pro. Both have drawn to the outside, one post six, one post eight. A horse that I like to win this race was Sunfire Blue Chip until I saw that he drew post eight. Uh, how important is post, post position here at Northfield Park? You know, post position is important in racing general. Position is really important. Post position is really important on a half-mile track. However, I think we probably have one of, if not the most forgiving, half-mile tracks in the entire country. Uh, Obviously, we go by the name of the flying turns, and our flying turns are banked so that really anybody has a legitimate chance to win. If you take a horse like All Bets Off, he got second last year from the eight-hole. We have had an eight-hole winner in the battle before that was pro bono best with uh, Keith Gass Jr. in the bike. Um, But, you know, I mean, post position is important, but you don't have to have a good post to win. All right, Ayers, talk to us a little bit about what's going on on Battle of Lake Erie night. We'll dive into the race uh, a little bit more here in just a second, but there's a lot of promos, and uh, Foiled Again will also be here. Yes, Foiled Again's racing on our undercard this year, and uh, it's really something he... Uh, he's such a staple for this race, and this is the first year since 2009 that Foiled Again will not be in the um, Battle of Lake Erie. However, he's not willing to... Um, He's not willing to give away the spotlight too awful easy as he uh, he is in the $20,000 open uh, pace on the undercard. He's also going to lead the post parade for the Battle of Lake Erie, and we're actually making a stall for him over on the Grandstand Apron. He's going to be over here to meet and greet the fans. You can go over and pet him and uh, take a selfie or do whatever with him. But, you know, I mean, he's a he's such a classy story for harness racing, and I'm glad that, um, you know, that Ron Burke and all the connections there are willing to do this for fans that um, he's been able to build for, for for years. All right, Ayers, uh, let's dive into the race real quick. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of the horses before we let you go. Uh, Guantanamo Bay draws the inside uh, and gets driver Vinny Ginsburg. Now, this is obviously we're talking before uh, the driving changes come out. Uh, Matt Kakeli is driving the four all bets off on the proof for trainer Ron Burke. This, has been a, this is a really interesting race. Talk to us a little bit about maybe who you like, who you don't like, you know, to be completely honest, uh, the draw was just today. Um, I don't, I, I haven't really had a chance to totally analyze or handicap things yet. However, you gotta like luck be with you, and all bets off on first glance of the program. Luck be with you uh, makes his third battle appearance, uh, makes his fourth actual race here. Uh, he was second, uh, dead heated in the first edition of the uh, Carl Milstein uh, Memorial, and he's had two battle appearances where he's had terrible luck. He was actually winning uh, 
I believe two battles ago at the three-quarter pole and made a break just after the uh, three quarters. He looked like a winner that night, and you know, really, if the fraction set up well, uh, luck be with you, has a huge chance. All bets off has done really, really well here too. This is his third uh, appearance here at Northfield Park. He won uh, the $400,000 inaugural Carl Milstein Memorial. He got second to a Wiggle a Jiglet from the eight hole last year. So all bets off absolutely likes this track, and you know, you got to go with one of those two. I think. Um, at least my initial glance at the program. All right, Eric, well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your night and the busy week to join us. Good luck on Saturday. All right, thank you very much. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. On post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and what a card you guys have, Mike, coming up on Saturday, Battle of Lake Erie, Dane. It's one of those situations where obviously the race, the battle is going to be a very tough, tough race. But uh, the undercard is equally as good. And uh, Mike is, we were playing that interview with Ares Ratliff. I was looking at race number three with Foiled again. And well, I'll tell you what, there's some tough customers in there. I mean, we all know Southwind Amazon has, has been a stellar mainstay in the open ranks there at Northfield Park. But the Parnu Hanover, a horse that I've had a chance to see, has been racing at Yonkers lately, uh, is one tough customer out there from post seven. Yeah, definitely. It sets up to be a fun race. Uh, Southwind Amazon allowed to draw in with the rest of the group as uh, he uh, has been caught on the outside. Uh, he's been assigned the outside as he's been dominating the open ranks at Northfield Park, uh, it, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And um, he draws towards the inside this week. And it's really going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with uh, Southwind Amazon from the inside. I think Parnu Hanover's got a shot. Of course, you got to give a shot to Foyle to get in that race. And uh, I, for one, cannot wait for that race specifically. 
Yeah, I wonder why. You'll be on the call for that race, that's why. And, uh, of course, uh, airs will be on the, the call for the Battle of Lake Erie. But, uh, Mike, you're going to be able to call foiled again. We're bringing in Gabe Pruitt, the fine track announcer and uh, director of racetrack operations in at uh, Pompano Park for another uh, Pompano Park segment. And uh, could you believe that, Gabe? Mike's just going to go up there, bully himself into the booth, and call foiled again, <laughs> kick poor airs out of the way. I tell you, this guy's just something else. Wow, that's like breaking news. That's uh, that's aggressive. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, aggressive. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Listen, I tried to kick Gabe out of the booth last night. He wouldn't leave. I don't know what he's got to get to Ohio, but you know, he said he didn't want to come near the snow. So uh, listen, I went down to Florida last night. I I tried to have some fun at Pompano Park, but Gabe wouldn't give me any winners. So. You know, I would uh, I would give you the whole card to call, but winners uh, that's a whole different area. I, I do struggle, and and that may be more of a problem. <laughs> well, Gabe, let's uh, let, let's talk a little bit uh, about Pompano Park. You guys wrapped up your 2017 racing season last night. We'll get into uh, kind of the logistical stuff here in a few minutes, but let's talk a little bit about the uh, the card from last night. Uh, you guys had eight fantastic races, including a super high five that was mandatorily paid out in race number eight, and it was a uh, full field of eight. $4,000 claimers. We talked a little bit about this week. It was the best four claimers we could find. And the Penta effect actually paid pretty good. You know, it did, Mike. I think the field size may have hurt us a little bit. Uh, we've had some larger pools than that on mandatory pouts in the past. You know, we could only scramble eight horses together. Uh, I believe last year we had uh, 10, and then at one point we've had an 11. But this weight in the meet, uh, it's very tough to uh, to find uh, that many for, for a single class. Those are four claimers and uh, conditioned four claimers at that. Numbers of 1500 bucks over the last five. But it ended up being a competitive race. We had uh, four horses there within a couple of links at the uh, finish. Uh, the favorites ultimately ended up finishing first, second, and fourth, I believe. And uh, still 20 cent payout uh, to the tune of uh, 275 bucks, And the pool grew to uh, nearly $100,000. Just shy of that. So uh, we were pleased with that. And it was a great way to cap off the meet. Now, on Sunday, Arsenal showed the reason why he's been a winner uh, in a lot of races this season, and he went right to the lead from post five and never looked back. You know, I'm going to be interested to see this horse head north, Mike, because it, it's going to be – I'm curious to see where he fits in because he was a $6,000 claimer here in January. We talk about that uh, numerous occasions now. He's got back-to-back wins against Open Company, uh, paced some huge miles down here over the last uh, couple of months. So when he heads north, uh, I'm going to be very curious to see where uh, the connection's up to uh, put him. Kelly Case, now the owner and trainer of Arsenal. He raced for many barns here in South Florida. So uh, I believe they are heading to um, the main circuit back for the uh, summer. Uh, so possibly an open pacer on that circuit as well. Uh, if he makes it to the other northeast tracks, uh, I'm curious to see where he ends up. All right, Gabe. Well, let's talk a little bit of logistical stuff. Obviously, you don't have the final numbers, but based off of, you know, things that you've seen, you know, things in South Florida really are uh, looking up. Things seem to be, you know, handle seems to be on the improve and things really seem to uh, be working down there. We had another phenomenal season, guys. Met all expectations, exceeded all expectations for that amount. Uh, you know, the unfortunate part with this season, we were down on horse supply uh, as opposed to last year. Handle for starter, we were well ahead. Uh, it was just another great meet. Uh, pick four pools, we broke uh, records. Pick five pools, we broke records. Uh, we had several uh, large pick six pools over the course of the season. So uh, it was just a great, uh, great winter. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting the ball rolling October 1st. 
Uh, that's a Sunday night. That will be opening night uh, for a next season. So uh, we'll uh, we'll look to do it all over again. Well, well, listen, we we've had a lot of fun during this segment, but we're we're gonna have one more fun fun in with you here uh, here right now. Ho- hold on, we gotta cue something up for you, okay? Okay. Maybe next week we'll. <laughs> okay, come on, Mike. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it goes. You know, I was wondering if we were going to have any sad music or anything today. I wasn't expecting uh, that, uh, so to speak. Listen, sad. You know, listen. We've had so. I don't think is this a celebration or is this a uh, a sad moment? Listen, I got to tell you, since we've had you on the show this entire year, obviously, uh, we we had a sad moment. Obviously, when um when our friend Sam McKee passed away, but. This has been probably, Gabe, one of the most popular segments uh, that we've had uh, since the show started. When I went to Western Fair on Friday, I got to tell you, Greg Blanchard asked about this segment. And uh, he said, you know, you guys seem like you guys have a lot of fun. And we do. We really do have a lot of fun when you come on. And, Gabe, you know, I I know, uh, you know, five or ten minutes every Thursday doesn't sound like a lot. But when you've done it for uh, as long as we have. You know, we certainly appreciate everything you and Pompano Park and everything is done for the show. And, uh, you know, like I said, and I think Mike can agree with me on this. We'll let Mike chime in here in a second. Uh, this has probably been the most fun segment, and hopefully we get it back again next year. Yeah, and we're, we're looking forward to that uh, as well, guys. It's been a blast. And, um, you know, from a promotion standpoint, it's great. We get to catch up, talk about the uh, happenings of the prior week, talk about what we've got coming up. And as you guys well know, over the winter – uh, we have plenty of action, so always something to talk about, uh, and it's been great uh, to join you guys week in and week out. Now, game before we let you go, we know you're coming up north. Why don't you give us a little bit of an itinerary uh, when the fans can expect to start seeing you on the broadcast at the Meadowlands? Well, actually, it's going to make me a little ill to check my itinerary for the next uh, week or so, but I'll discuss <laughs> it nonetheless. Uh, today, I'm back in the office at uh, Pompano, and uh, tomorrow I'm flying out to New Jersey, so I'll actually be at the Meadowlands uh Friday night and Saturday morning for the uh, baby races, Saturday night, and uh, we'll fly back to Fort on Sunday, and we'll spend a couple more days at Pompano to wrap things up and then drive back to Kentucky Wednesday and Thursday and uh, fly back to New Jersey next Friday. So uh, it's going to be a fun week, but uh, needless to say, the uh, quick answer to your question is I'll be at the Meadowlands night in night out through closing day at this point. So what you're saying is you're going to get into Jersey and get out of Jersey before you can uh, get me a free meal, huh? <laughs> you know, it's going to be a tight turnaround. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to pick up a tab or not. May uh, have time Lord. to uh, sit down with you, though, if we can do that the other way around. Yeah, oh, of course. Then you'll have all the time <laughs> in the world. Yeah, well, listen, Gabe, honestly, you've got to make it up here to Harris Philly. You've got to call a couple of races. We'd love to have you here. And, uh, you know, hey, we're looking forward to seeing you on the broadcast there. And I know you got some stuff going on in Kentucky, so you're going to be a very busy man over the next couple of months. And, hey, you know what? We're race trackers, so we wouldn't have it any other way, right? That's where I would be if I were not working, uh, Mike. Absolutely love it, and uh, you know it's, it's going to be fun. And, and I'm just very blessed to to have some opportunities where where I get to spend, uh, you know, time at some of the greatest uh, venues and events uh, going at that particular time. I mean, there's nowhere in the winter I'd rather be than uh, South Florida and, and all the action here in Pompano. I'm very blessed with this opportunity to go to the Meadowlands uh, through through their stake season over the summer, and then. Uh, We'll wrap up the uh, summer in Lexington. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. 
Listen, Gabe, real quick before we let you go, I, I, I know you like food as much as me and Bozich like food. And before uh, before we wrap this up, you got there's a place you got to check out when you're in New Jersey. And I think Mike and Jessica remember this. What is that, uh, Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, Dunkin', yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. These guys, uh, these guys, I took them into this neighborhood, Gabe, and I, I think Mike was a little scared to say the least. But this place is, you got to try it. It's called Dickie's Dogs, and their pizza is fantastic, but the hot dogs are even better, and they come loaded. So uh, make sure you check it out while you're in, uh, while you're in Jersey. Well, and, I'm an uh, carry a gun I actually with enjoy you. my high. I- I actually enjoy my hot dogs plain, so everyone looks at me funny when uh, I get no condiments at all on my hot dogs. So maybe uh, I'll give it a true test uh, when I show up. <laughs> there you go. All right, Gabe, well, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And listen, uh, we'll definitely be more, having you. I do have one more thing, guys. I do, I'm do. i yeah. sorry to interrupt. I do have one more oh, thing. Okay. I do just want to know it's, it's June 1st. You know, it's our last show. It's going to be a while before we get to touch base again. I do just want to point out the uh, Dodgers are in first place. Well clear in the uh, West, and the Cubs, a um, couple of games under 500, so uh, a little tough there. Yeah, it's a long oh, season. Boy. Long yeah, season. it's a long season, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Gabe, real quick, you know, listen, when we when we go, get ready to talk, because Meadowlands is one of our – so for those of you thinking, you know what, we're just going to give Gabe up, Meadowlands is one of our sponsors, and uh, we got to do something with them. Um, we do a commercial every week, but uh, when the championship races start, uh, I think uh, – I think Gabe's going to be our go-to guy, so uh, we'll, you'll be hearing a lot more from Gabe. That that sounds like a plan. I'm sure that the uh, baseball standings will remain the same at that point, but I will look forward uh, to joining uh, you if that is the case. Uh, uh, oh, boy. Gabe, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer and director of racing operations at Pompano Park. And, Mike, uh, you know what? It, it, it's it's a little sad. I'm not gonna lie uh, to have that segment end, but it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? We'll be talking to him about Meadowlands soon enough. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we'll see a Meadowlands pace night when we have the remote coming up in July. So make sure you uh, keep an eye on our website, post that with MikeAndMike.com for all the latest information on our remote schedule. Still a lot to come on this edition. We have our good friend Darren Gagne. He's going to uh, host the Running Aces segment, our weekly Running Aces segment. So we'll uh, hear from him and also. A very, very good interview, a must-listen-to interview, absolutely. Uh, for the first time ever on this show, we actually have a state steward, a judge. Don Harmon is going to sit down and talk to us about uh, what it's like to be in the judge's stand. All that coming up next on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Start the summer right this Saturday at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as they host the Jersey Fest Food Truck Mashup 2017. Vote for the best food trucks from Jersey and Philly. Some are ranked top 10 in the USA. You can purchase your tickets online for $35 and for $45 at the door. You'll have access to drink specials, $5 food truck mashup cash to use at the food truck, $2 betting voucher, and enjoy a spot in the outdoor lounge. For more information, visit PlayMetalLand.com. $2 million in purses. One unforgettable night. It's Sunstake Saturday at the Downs at the Weekend Sun Pocono on Saturday, July 1st. The best of the best make their way to Northeast Pennsylvania for this prestigious night of racing with the Earl Beale Jr. Memorial Trot, the James Lynch Philly Pace, the Max Emp Memorial Pace, and the Ben Franklin Free-for-All Pace. 
Post time is 6.30 p.m. Fans can enter now for a chance to meet Wiggle and Jiggle and his connections on Eliminations Night, June 24th. Email your entry and why you want this experience to MeetWidgie at MoheganSunPocono.com. That's MeetWidgie at MoheganSunPocono.com by June 14th. Sunstake Saturday, July 1st at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Don't miss it. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. It's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack in Minnesota, and it's time to recap a big week of racing this past weekend and Tuesday night at Running Aces. We'll start back on Saturday night, May 27th, where Wonder Bull and trainer driver Nick Rowland picked up a very sharp win by a neck over Steve's Hot Rod, and he grins again in the Minnesota Sired three-year-old Colt and Gelding pace for $8,000 in 154-3. Wonder Bull is by Artistic Wonder, and he's owned by Rick and Lisa Peters of Iowa. Also, on Saturday night, what it do Baby Boo shine brightly in the three-year-old Minnesota-sired Philly pacing event for $8,000. She scored a dramatic last-to-first win, which is her signature racing style. She won it by two and three-quarter lengths in 157-4, and four, with Rick McGee driving for trainer David Flynn and owners Devan Otterloo Stables. Then on Sunday night at Running Aces, the $10,000 open handicap trot was contested, and it featured the return of Banker Volo to the Aces winner's circle. After he posted a very nice gate-to-wire score in his second start of the year, he finished second in this race last week. He trotted the mile on Sunday night, 156-4, with Luke Plano in the bike, the trainer's Jenny King, for owner Dan Rowland. Also on Sunday, the $13,000 Minnesota-sired three-year-old trotting event went postward it boasted a big field of 10 contestants. And it was Almar Foxy Eclipse who converted a pocket trip to a career-best win in 202-1 while defeating the race leader, I'm a Pixie at Midnight. Almar Foxy Eclipse was steered to the victory by Joe Casagranda for trainer Joel McDaniel and owner Mark Holton of Iowa. On Tuesday night at Running Aces, the pacing mares took center stage as usual for the $12,000 Phillies and Mares Open Handicap Pace. This week's edition did not disappoint, as Best of Jenna and trainer driver Rick McGee firmly established their position as the top pacing mare so far this season with a dazzling gate-to-wire victory for the second straight week. This one in a career-best and eye-opening time of 1.52 flat. Best of Jenna easily defeated Kayla Grace, who finished second, and Hoosier Shipper Stabilized, who was the favorite, and checked in third on Tuesday night. And Best of Jenna returned a nice mutual $10.20 for her faithful backers. Best of Jenna is owned by Dr. Ken and Jana Lee Rucker of Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, on Tuesday night at Running Aces, Winks Picks, my fellow track handicapper, Winks Picks, was on fire. 
He picked eight winners on top in his selections out of the 10 race program. So a big shout-out once again to my fellow track handicapper, Winx Picks, who had a big night on Tuesday night. And, of course, you can always check out his selections on our website, runaces.com, and you can also get his selections, of course, on the simulcast feed as well. Coming up this weekend at Running Aces, we've got some very nice carryovers for you for Saturday night. The Pick 5 Jackpot, just a 20-cent minimum wager, very affordable wager and a fun wager, and you have a chance at a jackpot here. 20-cent Pick 5 Jackpot starts at more than $3,500 on Saturday night. There's also a carryover in the early Pick 4 Saturday night, 50-cent wager. Carryover is more than $1,634. And the 50-cent high five on Saturday night in the second to the last race will have a carryover of just about $2,500. On the track coming up this weekend at Running Aces, on Saturday we'll feature the three-year-old open pacing event. We'll also have a three-year-old open trotting event. And on Saturday, we'll start our late closing series action. It kicks off with the $29,000 Charlie Hare Trotting Series. That'll get going on Saturday night, and we'll also feature the open handicap trot. On Sunday, we've got more series action on tap. It gets underway with the $29,000 Noreen C. Phillies and Mares Pacing Series that starts on Sunday, and the $23,500 Mini Haha Phillies and Mares Pacing Claiming Series also on Sunday. And the Sunday feature will be the $12,000 Horses and Geldings Open Handicap Pace. And then next Tuesday night at Running Aces, we'll have more series action getting underway. The $29,000 What a Terror Pacing Series will start next Tuesday night. Also, the $23,500 Best Deal in Town Claiming Pacing Series will get underway next Tuesday night as well. And as always, the Tuesday feature will be the $12,000 Mayor's Open Handicap Pace. Plenty of action coming up this week at Running Aces. Live racing on Saturday and Sunday. First race post time is 6 p.m. Central. Live racing every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central. And as always, for more information, handicapping selections, race replays, lots of information, a lot of resources for you, check out our website, runaces.com, and we'll see you out here at the races. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. We're back on post with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Thank you so much for Darren God- uh, to Darren Gagne for uh, hosting the weekly Running Aces segment. And make sure you check that out, Mike. Running Aces, a nice little track up in Minnesota. As we said before, Mike, Darren Gagne, I don't know if anybody uh, is familiar with him calling races, but I'll tell you, Darren Gagne can call a heck of a race. So once again, uh, Certainly take a look at running aces when it comes to your wagering menu because there are some good fields up there and uh, some good racing up there, Mike. Yeah, they definitely do. And the uh, the other thing, uh, Kate's brother is actually moving to Minnesota, Mike. I think I'm going to have to get up there and uh, take a look at it. Yeah, it's a, it certainly looks like a beautiful location. I haven't had a chance to visit it, but it looks like a great location. As a matter of fact, they still have the trout pond out there, Mike. You can actually go fish for a trout. You can catch a trout, and you can have them up in the dining room now is there another track in the country that does that 
No, no. I know we have a fishing pond in the middle, but no, uh, I don't know that there's much trout in there. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This is going to be a first there on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, on any edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, an interview with a state steward. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Pennsylvania State Steward Don Harmon. A lot of we always get a lot of messages, Mike, a lot of emails about, uh, you know, why didn't a judge make this call or why didn't a horse get disqualified for this or why didn't a driver get fined for this and this and that. And, and uh, we had a lot of interesting questions uh, for Pennsylvania State Steward Don Harmon. So without further ado, here is that interview right now. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by Pennsylvania State Steward Don Harmon. Don, i got to tell you, we've had announcers on this program. We've had track employees on this program. Of course, owners, trainers, and drivers. We've been doing this show for about a year and a half. This is our first state steward. Well, I'm glad to be here. Glad to do it for you. All right. First of all, I've got a list of questions here uh, that we're going to ask you because uh, a lot of people are are interested in the rules, I think, and a lot of people are interested in the processes uh, of these rules and how they play out during the course of a a horse race, especially a harness race. But first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in the industry. Uh, I've been in horse business uh, 48 years. Uh, I was a driver. Uh, trainer, owner for half that time, and then in Ohio, uh, the racing commission approached me uh, and asked me if I wanted to become a racing official, and after a period of time, I thought it over, and I thought, well, I'd start a new career, and I've been doing this uh, for near 25 years. Now you're the presiding state steward here uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. You've got the two other judges in the stand with you, uh, Scott Egger, who's been around the industry for quite some time, and Jen LaFountain, who's been a, a steward, what, for about a year and a half, but obviously she's she's been around the harness racing industry quite a bit. And uh, you guys work as a team. Tell us a little bit about, let's start with an inquiry. No matter what it is uh, in the booth, tell us about the process of uh, what goes on in the booth during an inquiry. Uh, if we put the inquiry sign up, uh, one of us or, or have seen something that happened in the race, uh, either on the TVs or out the window through the binoculars, and we want to go back and look at that and see if there was any rule violations. We put the inquiry sign up, and then we go back and look at the film. Uh, we have three different views to look at on the film uh, to see uh, uh, what happened. Uh, if need be, we'll talk to the drivers. Uh, we don't do that as much anymore. Uh, we try to go by what we've seen and go by the film more. Uh, we look at it, we try to determine what happened, we discuss it between the three of us, and we vote on it and come to a conclusion uh, to whether there was a rule violation or not. And sometimes there are disagreements because as much as everybody wants it to be black and white, there's a lot of gray areas, so a lot of judgment calls. A lot of judgment calls. Uh, the rule book doesn't cover everything. Uh, there's not a, a written rule for every single thing. So a lot of our calls are judgment calls. Um, we've seen a lot of races. Uh, so when we make a judgment call, we think, or we're, we're sure at the time that we're making the right call. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't get it wrong once in a while. But we try our best to get it right every single time. And when we make the call, uh, we feel 100% that it's the right call. 
Now, I know, like for some of the bigger races, I know that drivers and trainers get up for bigger races and announcers, as far well, you know that, uh, being right next to me, announcers get up for bigger races. But you guys have to keep an even keel. Do you guys get up for big races at all? Um, and, and I know it it probably doesn't affect your judgment, but is there something in the back of your head that if it's a bigger race that, that the, maybe you look at it a little differently or no? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I think probably when you became a, a new judge or steward uh, early in a career, you might look at the big races and might uh, think of it a little different, a little more important. Uh, but as far as a season uh, official, uh, we look at them all the same. Every race is the same. You have to call them all the same. It doesn't matter who's in the race, uh, what kind of purse they're going for. Uh, uh, you have to call them the same every time. Uh, if you can do that, uh, everything will go well. Let's talk about some of the rules in general, and I know it's a little bit different from state to state, uh, but uh, the pylon rule seems to be a pretty popular subject for debate amongst uh, racing fans and uh, participants in the sport of harness racing. What is the pylon rule here in the state of Pennsylvania? Uh, Pennsylvania just adopted a new pylon rule. The Racing Commission adopted it. Uh, our pylon rule that we have is that if you go inside of, of one pylon, it's a judgment whether you gain an unfair advantage. If you go inside of two consecutive pylons and the horse is lapped on, you get placed behind the horses that are lapped on you. If you go inside of three or more consecutive pylons, you automatically get placed last. Uh, then the other part of the pylon rule, there's still some judgment calls there. Uh, the last pylon going into the passing lane, or whether you were forced into the, the off the track inside the pylons, that comes into play. There's still a lot of judgment calls. If a person goes inside of one pylon and wins by open lengths, but you're going to look at that different than a, a horse that goes inside a pylon and wins by a nose. And so we have to take all that in consideration uh, when we make our decision, and, and that's how we come to the conclusion. Are these pylon rules, are they pretty much uniform across the board as far as state to state, or is it like if you come here to Pennsylvania, it's one thing. If you go to Ohio, it's something totally different. If you go to Canada, it's something totally different. Uh, a lot of jurisdictions are different. Every jurisdiction has their own pylon rules. Uh, they've been working on these pylon rules for quite some time. It's always very difficult uh, because there's so many judgment calls in the pylon rule. It's very difficult for the, the horsemen to understand sometimes. It's even more difficult for the fans and the betters to understand. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, when we make a call and make a placing, we try to get on the TV afterwards and run the replay and try to explain what we did. Uh, we have a little bit of a time constraint, so sometimes we can't get into detail. But we try to show why we made the placing. Uh, sometimes we'd like to get on there and show why we didn't make a placing, but because of time restraints, we can't do that. Let's talk about another uh, controversial rule that is certainly met with a lot of debate and a lot of confusion in a lot of cases, and that is the whipping rule. Once again, this is something that is different in a lot of different jurisdictions. What's the whipping rule here in the state of Pennsylvania? Uh, Pennsylvania adopted a new whipping rule last year, and, and basically what it is is that uh, a driver has to keep a line in each hand, uh, no one-handed whipping. Uh, what that means is they can't put the lines in one hand and, and hit the horse. Uh, and then we have uh, the rule is written that they can't use excessive force when they whip. Uh, their hands have to stay in front of their chest. 
they can whip the horse, but they can't whip under the shaft, hit the shaft, uh, between the horse's legs, uh, no brutal whipping, no uh, long swings at the horse. Uh, we had to try to clean up the whipping rule because it was getting out of hand. Our rule is uh, uh, people are still getting used to it, but uh, as time goes by, it gets better and better, and it's working for us, uh, we think, pretty good. Do you get a lot of uh, like drivers because they go from state to state? A lot of these guys, and the whipping rule is so different in a lot of cases from state to state. Do you get some drivers that say to you, "Well, good grief, I forgot what state I was in." <laughs> that happens uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, yeah. uh, some of our drivers will drive two and three tracks a day. Yeah. Uh, they'll travel across the country. They'll fly to Canada. Uh, and the rules are different in every state. And sometimes they have to remind themselves. And we have had drivers that have just plain forgotten, uh, and, and they've broken the rule, not because they meant to break the rule, uh, it's just they forgot uh, at the moment where they were at. Uh, maybe they raced in New Jersey the night before, and then when they race here in Pennsylvania, the rule is different, so sometimes it's just done by, by accident. Uh, uh, our drivers here at Chester uh, are a pretty good bunch of drivers. Uh, they don't uh, abuse the whip. We don't have a lot of uh, uh, whipping violations. They try to follow the rules. Uh, of course, when you're in competition and, and, and you're trying to win and it's a close, uh, close for the win, sometimes you get a little carried away. And we try to look at that too. You know, the, the name of the game is to win for everybody. And so uh, uh, sometimes you gotta, when they get just a little bit aggressive, uh, you gotta look at it a little bit different. But if they break the rule, they have to be penalized. And here in Pennsylvania, if they break the rule, violate it, and uh, use one-handed whipping down the stretch, uh, we have placed horses for that, which is uh, kind of new in the business to be placed for that. But they do get quite an unfair advantage if they're using one-handed whipping and the other drivers aren't. Visiting with Pennsylvania State Steward Don Harmon. Don, where do you think this whipping rule is going to end up? I know that it's been changing uh, for the better of the horse. I mean, obviously, if we're going to attract new fans, we, we certainly have to make a concerted effort uh, to make sure that the safety of the horse and driver uh, is at the forefront. Where do you think this whipping rule will finally end up where everybody will be happy? Well, I, I think there's going to be less whipping. I think the uh, line in each hand... Uh, we have to make the whipping acceptable to the people viewing our races, to our fans, to the families. We are trying to draw new fans, younger fans, and, and we don't want to look like that uh, uh, we're abusing a horse. Whip is a very important tool in the race, uh, and if the drivers use it correctly, it doesn't harm the horse, uh, there's no harm done, and it does help urge the horse on, uh, but it needs to be done correctly. And so we're making every effort to try to uh, make these rules work for us. We adjust them as we, as we find something works or doesn't work. We try to adjust them. And eventually, I think we'll get it to where everybody would be happy with it. And maybe all the jurisdictions will come close to the same rules. Don, let's switch to another topic that has been hotly, hotly debated amongst the harness racing circles, and that is the topic of beard trainers. And I know Joe Feraldo, the head of the Horsemen's Association in New York, has written a letter to their New York State Commission uh, kind of mapping out a plan of action that he believes should be taken for beard trainers. Um, it obviously is a problem. What is the state of Pennsylvania doing to try to combat uh, this epidemic, if you will? Uh, there's a lot of discussions going on. Here in Pennsylvania, uh, uh, we have a new racing commission now, we have a new director, and we're going in a different direction on a lot of things that 
uh, haven't been done before. Uh, first of all, beard trainer for the people that might understand that that term beard. Uh, what it actually means is a trainer. It's a false trainer. If somebody suspended, uh, they're not in the business, don't have a license, they find somebody that will front for them, and they, they're called beard trainers. And that way, the suspended person gets to keep racing. He just has another another trainer put their name down as as the trainer of that horse. Uh, we're trying to look into that, investigate it more and more. I know the commission uh, is very serious on stopping this. It's uh, it's not always real easy to track these things down, uh, but it's something that's it's very important to the betters, to the horsemen, to everybody concerned. And if we want our business to survive and grow and get back to where it was at one time, uh, these are the kind of things we have to address and we have to stay on it all the time. Uh, we, we just can't let it go. Uh, beard trainers are bad for the business. Uh, uh, we have to get the public to trust in our racing uh, and to feel comfortable when they come here. Uh, they come here for entertainment, uh, they bet their money, and they want to feel that they're protected. And that's our number one job, is to protect the, the betting public. That leads me to my next question. Obviously, along with the judges, the state of Pennsylvania and all states actually at racetracks have a pretty good presence uh, of employees, uh, whether they're in the paddock or up in the judges booth or in the office, et cetera. And one of those uh, departments, if you will, is licensing. Um, if you're a new owner or if you're a new trainer, what's the process of becoming licensed in the state of Pennsylvania? Uh, if, you, if you're a new horse owner or a new owner, uh, you go to the track, it's uh, racing at the time or where you plan on racing. Uh, you fill out an application. Uh, if it's your first time, you have to be fingerprinted. Uh, and you have to be fingerprinted every five years thereafter. Uh, if, uh, if all that looks good, we look at the application, we okay it, and you get the license the same day. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a difficult process. We are working on trying to streamline it a little bit. Sometimes we get a little bit of a line for the fingerprinting uh, or for the licensing. We're trying to get it to work a little faster there again for the convenience of the people that are going to get licensed uh, so they don't have to take a half a day off just to get their license. Uh, that is one of the things that the, the new commission and new director are working on and I think you'll see improvement in the licensing. Visiting with State Steward Don Harmon here in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Don, we just talked a bit, little bit about the licensing, uh, the licensing process. Let's talk a little bit about the process of fines and levying fines. And obviously, you guys in the judges' booth are looking for infractions on the racetrack, some that may not result necessarily in an inquiry where it would change or affect the order. But there are fines being levied for you guys. I know we talked about uh, fines for whipping, uh, fines perhaps for uh, pilot fines for uh, reckless driving, fines for a lot of different things. What's the process of fining and um, how extensive does it get? I mean, if you've got a repeat offender, what's how does that escalate? We have a, a penalty matrix, and what it is is a, a list of uh, fines for different offenses. Some offenses are more severe than others, and so the fine or uh, suspensions uh, get higher. Uh, some of the lesser violations, uh, uh, like being late for the post parade or being late to the paddock, they, they carry a little less of a fine. The whole idea of the fighting or the suspension is that the deterrent is to uh, get them to stop doing 
or, or work harder on not uh, having that violation. Uh, the, the idea is not to find somebody or to suspend somebody. It's more to get them to stop doing it or to show them that they can't do that or there will be consequences and they will have to pay a fine. Uh, if uh, a good day for the judges up in the judges stand is when we don't have to levy any fines or suspensions, that's a great day for us. Uh, but on the days when we do have to give out the fines or suspensions or have drivers or trainers in for hearings, uh, that's what we have to do. We have to make the, the business uh, uh, safe for everybody, fair for everybody, and we're trying to be more transparent. That's difficult at times, but we, we, we would like to be more transparent. We would really like to get the fines back in the program so people can see that something happened. They don't always know when something happens. And another thing I might invite uh, your listeners that anytime they have a question, they can call the judges in the morning in our office at whatever track that they're uh, going to. Uh, they can uh, get a hold of us. We'll try to answer their questions. Uh, the commission office for the licensing, uh, there will be people there that can always answer questions. We welcome people to, to call, ask questions. Uh, we even welcome people to come out and visit us in the judges' stand and we'll show them what we do. You just have to call, make arrangements, and we'll have you up as a guest and we'll show you everything that goes on and try to answer any questions you might have. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, that's kind of impressed me about the judges' stands that I've worked with is they've been very open. I mean, if there is somebody that, you know, an inquiry maybe affects their wager, you know, uh, and they have questions, uh, I've never been around a judges' stand that won't welcome them up and go through the tape with them and take them step-by-step step of the process. And, you know, a lot of times that customer leaves happier. Uh, they leave happier. Uh, they don't always agree, even when they come up and we explain what we did. They may still disagree. But at least they got to voice their opinion. They got to find out why we did it. And, and normally they understand that and they know that everybody has a job to do. And it makes them feel more at ease if somebody can explain uh, why something happened. And we'll point out to it on the film. We'll show them. We'll answer their questions. And, and our goal is for them to be uh, walk away happy uh, and come back. Come back again. Uh, that's, what, that's what we want. Uh, if, uh, if our patrons and, and our fans don't come back, uh, the business will just, uh, we won't have a business anymore, and none of us have a job, and that would, that would be terrible. Now, Don, before we wrap this thing up, we've talked about the process. If you'd like to be a new owner, how to get involved, how to go through the lightning process, the um, licensing process, et cetera. But what we haven't talked about is if you want to be a judge, what's the process you have to go through if you wake up one day and say, you know what, I want to officiate harness racing. What could they do? Well, the, the process for that would be different uh, probably for whatever experience you might have. If you've already been a horseman, been around horses in some uh, aspect, uh, maybe you have a job in the racing office or in the license office or something, uh, uh, but, or, or just a, a trainer, a driver, or owner that wants to be a, a racing official, you have to go to, to a school, uh, to the accreditation school, uh, and you have to pass the test there. There's several tests you have to take. And then you have to have so many uh, days on the job before you can advance to another position. Uh, to become a presiding judge, you have to uh, take another test. To become an associate judge, you have to take a test with the USDA. And then every two years, we have to go to uh, judges' school. And we go there for a few days and, and 
the judges and stewards from around the country, we get together and meet and go over things that are happening all over uh, the different jurisdictions uh, in order to keep up our license. We, we're required to do that. Uh, and and uh, it's not real hard to get the judge's license. It's not for everybody, I can tell you. Uh, you, know, you don't make a lot of friends when you're, when you're making calls. Uh, so you can't worry about that. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of judges' jobs out there. So, uh, and, and it's a different kind of life to be a racing official. Uh, I enjoy it. The other two people I work with here, they enjoy it. Uh, that's why we do it every day. We look forward to coming to work, and and uh, we try to do the best we can do. And uh, uh, we invite anybody that uh, needs to know anything about becoming a judge. If they do have that question, they can contact us, or they can go online and contact the U.S. Trotting Association, and they'll be able to answer all your questions there also. So there's several places you can go to to find out whatever information you need about racing, about getting a license, about buying a horse, uh, first-time owners, or becoming a racing official. Don, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Thank you very much. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Mike, a very informative interview. I certainly learned a lot by sitting down with uh, Don Harmon, uh, Pennsylvania State Steward, uh, Steward here at Harris, Philadelphia. Just a lot of things that uh, you really wouldn't realize that goes on in the judges' booth there, Mike. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, definitely fun to listen to. And, you know, it, it gives a different perspective than, say, what we're used to. And one thing I learned, I, I didn't know that people could go up and, you know, kind of watch and see what they did. That's kind of a cool thing as well. Yeah, one of the great things about – and this is pretty much with every judge's stand I've worked with, but especially here at Harris, Philadelphia. I know the, the stewards here have an open-door policy. I've uh, many times uh, – there's been a, a a patron that has come up here that maybe have been on the losing end of an inquiry that the judges will sit down and kind of go over the videotape of them and just say, hey, here's what happened. And, and, you know, like Don said, a lot of times they won't agree, but it just helps to take the time of day to try to explain your side of the story to a person. And I think that's very important in trying to win new fans over and uh, trying to keep the fans that we have. And Mike, speaking of that, there's going to be a lot of fans on tap for Saturday, a lot of interest. All eyes will be on Northfield Park, Mike. It's the Battle of Lake Erie, one of the uh, certainly the funnest races of the season, Mike, if you will. And uh, this race will not disappoint. And Ayers brought up a good point. There's not really a standout in this race. This is just eight good free-for-all pacers, uh, open-caliber pacers that are getting out there and slug it out. And, and Mike, these kind of races make for a very, very good uh, wagering opportunity, if you ask me. 
Yeah, definitely. They uh, definitely do. And the one thing about this race, uh, there's no wiggle it jiggle it this year like there was last year. Uh, wiggle it jiggle it went off, I think, at like one to five last year and just cruised to victory off some pretty easy fractions. Uh, I don't think they're going to get those easy fractions this week at all. Uh, Southwind Amazon, Mike, is a horse that knows Northfield. He knows how to get around them flying turns. And I got to tell you, Mike, he's gone 50, 50 and 3, 51. This race is not going to be slow by any means. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and of course, we talked about the undercard, Mike. But, uh, you know, Mr. Wigglepants is in this race, Mike. And whenever Mr. Wigglepants is in, the threat of a very, very fast fraction always is looming. So it's going to be interesting. Night Pro, of course, certainly a disappointing effort in the Molson. I mean, uh, I thought he raced okay in the middle part of that race, but just had, had nothing left. And we talked about it with Mark McDonald a little bit, Mike. Uh, it was just a speed favoring day and a night rather, no question about it at the Western fair that night. And uh, a bit of a legend was near the lead uh, night pro had to try to come first over against not only a bit of a legend as sharp as he is, but against that bias, it was just too tough. You know, rock and Ron is liable to show speed from the outside. Uh, Mark McDonald already uh, kind of hinted that Sunfire blue chip may be firing out. You've got lucky with you. This, this could be a pretty fast one, my friend. Yeah, it's going to set up to be a very fun race, and like I said, you know, anybody can win it. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to stick with Sunfire Blue Chip as my top selection in the race. I think All Bets Off's got a shot. Luck Be With You has got a shot as well. Um, The final drivers uh, came out uh, yesterday morning uh, for the race, so uh, it's going to be an interesting one, that's for sure. Yeah, and you guys got some uh, guaranteed uh, multi-race wages, right? Pools? Yeah, we got some guaranteed pools. We were going to start, we were going to, so check this out. We were going to do a $10,000 guaranteed pick four, you know, like, you know, normally do on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And last night, there was a carryover of just over $11,000, leading to a $50,000 guaranteed pick four pool ending with the uh, Battle of Lake Erie at Northfield Park. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we've added a Superfecta into race number 11. That's going to be guaranteed as well. So uh, some guaranteed pools and some ways to uh, make a little bit of money, Mike. All right, that's coming up on Saturday. And by the way, i got to give my home track a plug, Mike, because for those of you that are looking for some action, perhaps today we've got three very good divisions of Pennsylvania Sire Stakes action going on. Fear the Dragon is going to be in the uh, first uh, division that is going to be in race number three, probably be a stout favorite there. Huntsville is in action in uh, race number da, 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 12. He's going up against High later. We talked to Mark McDonald about his drive bloodline in that particular race. And then uh, the middle division in race seven is a part of this pick five. And, and I have to tell you, Mike, me and the natural Rich Matei have been doing this little pick five Facebook live thing over the past couple of days. I, we've done good. I hit the first one. And Rich hit the second one. It has it didn't pay a whole lot, but you know we're certainly up. But uh, I'll tell you what, this pick five is going to be very interesting. The Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, the tougher of the three divisions, or I should say, not the tougher, but the more wide open of the three divisions, is buried right in the middle of that pick five. So make sure you check that out at uh, twelve forty. Mike, anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, I think that's pretty much it. I was going to give you guys a plug, actually. You guys have done a fantastic job. Make sure to check out The Natural, Rich Matei, and Mike Bozich as they do their Facebook Live coming up here in probably a little less than an hour, about 45 minutes. They'll come on, and uh, they'll do a Facebook Live with their Pick 5 selections from Harris, Philadelphia. We thank everybody for joining us. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday with the first post of 10.30 a.m. Good night, everybody. Closing time
Can't stay here I know 